Good morning. Morning, everyone. We're just kind of getting everybody in here. Bear with us for a moment. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How y'all doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> I got my second cup of coffee ready to go. You're ahead of me. I haven't got any caffeine in my body. That's probably what I need. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just validated myself by seeing some video that was talking about the the health benefits of coffee which made me feel better about myself today that i'm doing something healthy i read about this this personal trainer that accidentally took was taking caffeine powder and he ended up he ended up dying because he ended up taking the equivalent of 200 cups of coffee oh my god oh my gosh that's off that's not healthy that is that is the opposite and then i feel like i'm like why are you taking caffeine separately like just enjoy the cup of coffee or the cup of tea, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'll plug a new tea. So Smith Tea has this great uh, Scotty Pippen blend that uh, I guess he worked on with him that it's aged in whiskey barrels. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Mm. And right. it's, it, it's called, what is it called again? Now I got to go look it up. Okay, you'll have to let us know. Yeah, you said it's smooth. It. Is it the smooth tea? Is the... No, it's uh, Scotty Pippen did a, let's see, it's uh, it's called uh, the Digits Bourbon Barrel Aged Black Tea. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. For everyone, I'll I'll put a link. We always have to find our, I'll our send friends. Yes. I'll put yes. the link in the resources. I'll send yes. you the link. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. That's good. Different things out bringing everybody up here. So surely we invite those down in the hallway to come on up and join the conversation. We got a good topic today. So let's go ahead and get started. So this is the official uh, Learning to Lead Clubhouse. And we meet every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And this is a clubhouse where we like to bring together uh, leaders of all levels to really just talk about all things leadership. We always have lots of really good topics here, and we have a great uh, diversity of leaders that typically join us that have a lot of really great insights. And so it's a great community to be part of, uh, to really uh, just flesh out things if you need to do that, or just to learn about new topics and get different perspectives. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's a couple of things I want to kind of point out to you about this uh, about this clubhouse, and that's first that we are official. We really encourage you to go up to the little greenhouse at the top and join us if you haven't already. Follow our clubhouse, and by subscribing, you're going to become a member of this community. We also uh, do a debrief. We write up and also record these these sessions, and so you can go back and hit, hear the uh, the recaps on Substack and also in LinkedIn. We also encourage you to follow other leaders in this room. Um, it's, a, again, a great community to expand your network and have those who can maybe help help in, uh, in uh, connecting you with others or in working out any kinds of uh, challenges that you may have or sharing some of their insights. 
Um, also, there's a couple of new things on Substack. There's a down at the bottom, there's a, the, a new chat button on the left down there at the bottom. So you can chat with anyone in the clubhouse here as well if you want to use, utilize that. And then there's also a box with the arrow going up to share this clubhouse. We really encourage you to share this clubhouse. Um, if you just go ahead and click on that button and share it, it'll go out and it'll go out to those who are following you so that others may be able to come in and benefit from this um, clubhouse. It's a, it's a great community. We really encourage you to do that. Um, do, 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 did I miss anything here, Kelly? I don't think so. Um, there's also the kite at the bottom that you can also message us if you need to. Feel free to DM us, reach out to us in any way. We have some, a great discussion today, and I'm going to turn it over to Kelly. Thank you. That's There's a lot. Clubhouse is evolving a lot of their features, and we're always going to keep an eye on as other platforms are looking at um, these types of uh, these types of rooms and, and features. We'll, we'll be keeping you all up to date on that. But thanks for the kickoff, Tamara. I'm going to, as you said, we have a lot to get through today. We have a, a topic that I think is great. Probably, I know for me, um, relatively new. I think I'd heard of it before, but hadn't spent a lot of time, you know, really digging in. So hopefully this is a moment of you'll learn something new as we try to always uh, try to inspire from these conversations, as well as I learned a lot from discussing all these these topics with you. So um, before we dive in, uh, my always my favorite part of the, the conversation, which is to do a check in with everyone, the reminder that it is really important, even if it's just for a few minutes, to check in with yourself, see how things are going, get a little reflective, look back at your day or your week, and just even with one word, summarize how things went. What was the theme of your week? And so with that, I'm going to start with Mako as the first one in my box here. Crap, I'm eating. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Bat. I'm going to go with Batman. Okay, yeah, we're going to need a separate clubhouse to talk about um, movie reviews and pop culture. I haven't seen Batman yet, but I'm hearing it's getting great reviews, so I'm looking forward uh, to it. I'm surprised. I, I have I have some thoughts on that. So, okay, well, if anybody's interested, we can we can have a separate room on uh, on all things movie and pop culture because we could spend a, more than an hour talking about that. Darius, good morning. Morning. Uh, for me, excitement. I was down. We just launched a galactic star cruiser and I was down there when we had our first guests come in. It's the first time I've been at a call it new attraction uh, opening. And it was really great to see sort of the realization of what we do in the eyes of guests. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. And congratulations. There's been a lot of really positive press about the experience as a huge credit to the team to get that, get that open and welcome in, uh, welcome in all the, the guests that are experiencing that. Artie, good morning. Good morning. I'm just tired. I've uh, been going pretty hard for the past few weeks, um, weekends included, uh, for work and personal stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a down weekend of basically doing nothing. Oh yeah, I can I can relate to that in a big way. I think we all, we all have those moments, and and in all seriousness, it's important when you have those moments to embrace a quiet down weekend of doing nothing and give yourself permission to do that. And sometimes it's hard for us to do that, but it's a great reminder. Sometimes we just, we do realistically all need a break. And that might just mean whatever doing nothing is, sit on a couch or sit in your backyard, whatever that looks like, um, giving yourself some, some downtime and some rest. Gary, good morning. Good morning. Um, I think it's for me, change um, our, our leader for, uh, security announced his retirement this week so we're heading into another reorg and everything's changing again 
Yes, the only the only constant. I know I know exactly what you mean. Uh, change is constant. Uh, Mark, good morning. Good morning. Uh, for me, hopeful. Uh, lots of stuff going on this week at work. Yeah, uh, Gary mentioned new leadership changes. Um, just in our segment, just lots of op- good opportunities. I'm pretty hopeful. Wonderful to hear. Chad, good morning. Good morning. I would say uh, education. I, I found myself uh, in, in several instances this week teaching people a lot about just how business works. That's wonderful. And again, I think we always know that we learn a lot by teaching, but it's a great it's a great moment to feel like you can give back to others and, and help others and, and teach them something, which is a bit, part of the reason why we're, we're all here today, why we make time to do this. Tamara, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so I think I'm going to choose uh, success or successful. I had a very challenging situation that I was working through over the last couple of weeks. And um, I had, I, I really ended up having a very, very positive outcome, um, feeling really good about that. Uh, it, it really involved partnership, collaboration, and boundary setting. So uh, having to go through the fire on that and coming out the other end, feeling really good about it and very successful. Wonderful. Love that. Again, another one of those, again, moments of, of reflection, I think, as well, when we when we look back is celebrating those victories and those moments of growth, because it's so easy when you're moving through something to just kind of continue through it and really not acknowledge what just happened or what you learned or what you experienced and hopefully being able to share it with others. Right. And a, and a big part of why we are we are all here as well. Um, Rita, good morning. I thought you just came up. You want to share your word for the week? Oh, uh, it's uh, it was. Well, two words, good news. I have been, um, I had applied for a new role that I had been intern for seven months. So went through an arduous process. And finally, this week, I received the good news that I went through, everything worked out, so got the offer. So Monday, I start, um, you know, full time and then that uh, new role. Woot woot, congratulations. Thanks. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, I will I will wrap up that I think mine is probably dynamic. It is uh, very busy. As some folks have said here, there's been a lot of different changes going on. Um, exciting changes, I would say, probably in my world. But it's uh, it's also kind of shifted a lot of my focus and I've had to really scale and really rapidly scale um given some of the things that we're working on and i've i've had travel planned and then travel rescheduled and travel planned and then canceled so it's it's been a dynamic week of just figuring out kind of marching towards some big big dates and big deliverables and and just trying to juggle but also really trying to take a moment to make sure that i'm taking care of myself and that i'm taking care of my team but i'm also equally embracing empowering my team um, to do the things that I may not have time to, but they are very well equipped to take on. So I think it's hopefully that trying to always be present in those moments as much as possible, no matter how dynamic it is, how much it's changing and how busy, how busy it is. And with Artie, I'm definitely also embracing a, a weekend of downtime um, and unplugging and, and having no responsibilities for a little bit, for a minute in time. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to jump into our topic for the day. And what we really wanted to talk about is um, this concept of pace setting 
And you may have heard of this. We talked a little bit, I think, in a past session a while back about leadership styles and the, the multiple different types of leadership styles and the reality that we all usually end up embodying multiple different types of styles and those flex and adjust based on you know the situations that we are in. And pace setting is a really interesting one. And, and we wanted to kind of dig into it more specifically and really talk about number one, defining what is this? What is this concept? What does it mean? And and when should you be using this? Where where do we see success in leveraging pace setting as a leadership style? And I think equally this one has you know some also negative connotations. So where does that come from? When does it not work? And what are the risks that you need to be aware of when you use this type of a leadership style? So with that, we're going to jump into the kind of first portion of it, which is just to just kind of define what it is. And, you know, I'll welcome, I know, you know, Tamara, you have some thoughts on this too, but as I was kind of looking around, I'll just read a, a kind of a high level you know, description of what this actually is, which will hit a little bit on the, the cons and the risks that I, I alluded to, which is pay study leadership is when the leader sets an example of high performance, high pace, and high quality. Now, this is where you start to get into how you apply it, right? Team members are expected to follow suit and the pace setting leader values results more than anything. So we have to be very careful as you talk more about the risks about setting a, a high bar for, for performance and then making sure that you don't leave others behind um, for the sake of results. So I'm going to pause there. Tamara, anything you want to add on some of the thoughts that you had on kind of really what pace setting means and what this kind of looks like in leadership? Um, sure. Yeah. I don't want to overly give away too much because I'd really like to hear others' insights before we start to really delve into the content. But, you know, pace setting is really a do as I do. The leader is setting the pace. They are setting the expectations. They are demonstrating and role modeling what they expect. And they and and they oftentimes really do not give a lot of feedback. They They really believe that they have a very competent team. And they and, and they believe that this team is self-motivated and that they're driven just like they are. And, and so they will basically set the pace and expect the team to follow behind them. Um, and it's, again, a do as I do uh, per, uh, uh, application of a leadership style. So before we delve too far into what we know about it and giving you some content around, I'm curious, has anyone ever used pace setting? Or does anyone else have a, a different perspective on what pace setting is? Okay, with silence, I'm assuming that maybe this is a new concept. Is this a new concept, everyone? Uh, I can go back to I can go back to the Batman. You guys want to talk about Batman? <laughs> no, I'm anxious to hear more uh, more perspectives on this. Okay. All right. Well, great. Well. Uh, just a little bit more on what it is. Is it, again, it's a do as I do. It's very situational and absolutely um, is something that a leader would want to use very sparingly. You know, I've, uh, there, it, 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 an analogy might be: you put your foot down on the gas pedal all the way, and everybody fall in suit. Let's go! Like we're going to go fast and furiously, but you can't leave your foot on the gas pedal. It would, otherwise, it'll absolutely result in complete chaos. Your, your team will fall apart. So again, you want to really use it sparingly and really for short-term results. And the whole goal is here is to really, uh, really shoot for getting some really quick results, moving that needle really fast on something that you need to um, 
expedite on. It sets the bar very high. It pushes the team members to run hard and fast to effectively get the things done that you need them to, to get done and to drive for those results. And, it, and uh, the other thing is with this leadership style, the leadership, the leader, excuse me, would be um, asking and demanding constant updates because the, it's, a, it's imperative to the leader that they stay on, on track because not, not, not being on track or not getting those results is, uh, is, is not okay. And with, with these types of, or with this type of um, leadership approach, you wouldn't want, the leader might, if they had a team member falling behind, they might just simply step in and take over because not hitting those results is, is really just not an option. So I'm going to pause there. So yeah, I'll, I'll lean in a little bit because I think, you know, a lot of what, what Tamara's hitting on, I think, is the, the, the way that you apply this and I think some of the risks, you know, for, for where I sit and I think a few folks. So, you know, being in um, a technology space and being in a development space, I think what's interesting about pace setting and where it's really valuable is, I think, in two, two parts. Number one, if you are a leader coming into a new team potentially, and you want to demonstrate what you know performance looks like or how you lean in. Um, I think there's an, an element of being able to also show and demonstrate as, as a leader being a part of that team, right? And how you're contributing and kind of, um, again, when we talk about exemplifying results or quality or pace, that I think is a really interesting when you think about that balance of onboarding and setting a tone or a culture within a team without you know being being very much aware of that that you know risk of burnout. But I think the other pieces, and I think many of us have, have been there, you know, whenever I am kicking off um, a new project, or maybe there's a new technology that we're trying to figure out how to apply within our business, I kind of think about pace setting in two ways. Number one, what is going on in the industry and using some of the input of the industry and the market dynamics to help us accelerate performance and results, I think is a really powerful space. It's been a lot of time looking externally as well as internally. And that can sometimes, you know, be a moment in time where it really is about invigorating and motivating our team to move fast towards a goal and equally applying that to then this idea of, you know, piloting the approach of coming in and saying, there's a new idea. We're going to pull our team. We might have, you know, daily meetings where we're checking in on progress. We're very involved with the goal of getting smarter, moving quickly to get results and input and information quickly to then inform a much longer term strategy. So that pace in the beginning of those projects when you're in this pilot phase may be very rapid, very fast. And I think to your point, Tamara, you know, not, not long-term sustainable, but it helps us kind of understand what does it look like? What is the performance? How do we all learn together, grow together? So that then when we start to actually launch a, a long-term program or say it's not the right program, we're coming from a place of information and results. So I think about pace setting really from both of those lenses of both as leaders, but also the dynamic of helping our team move quickly or shift into a, a pace that allows us to really get smarter really fast even when it comes to development. Hey, Kelly. So I, I've got a question. Um, it, I guess I'm still struggling to understand how you would utilize this because it, if, if it is for, you know, like, let's say a new project and you're kind of checking in with the team, you know, regularly, does it, it, um, it kind of, board, I, I don't want to seem negative here, but it almost borders a little bit on the not quite micromanaging side. Um, 
but that constant check-in, does that enable or does that empower people to make those decisions or do those things, to gather those things and, and execute? Or is this much more, um, I, I guess I'm struggling with like, when do you, when do you start to pull back, right? Because when there's a difference between setting the bar in something and, uh, cause that's what you, I think I heard very early on and then maintaining that pace of that bar again, as somebody, you know, I think you said is not sustainable. So how do you balance that out? Yeah, I would say from my perspective, I think in the beginning of a new project, it's less about checking in. Um, and again, as we talk about like when you use pace settings successfully, it's less about checking in and it's more about contributing to the team, removing barriers and providing continuous clarity and focus. So often in very new projects where, you know, we're all learning us as leaders as well, you know, often a lot of the new projects that probably any of us could use an example of, you know, we don't quite know where we're going. We have an idea. And us as leaders is about, again, removing those barriers um, where there's questions, providing the clarity, being available for quick decision making. And then to your point, Mark, there's a time period where you go through that, where it's almost the equivalent of when you think about team forming, right, that forming and storming. Once you get to the phase where the team is moving forward and they have clarity and they're fully into an execution mode of launching something, you can start to take a step back and then ultimately start to empower your leads and think to then what that future is going to be for the long-term vision of this program and who's leading that. And it's a cycle that I've, I've gone through many times with new projects where it might be a matter of a couple of weeks to maybe a couple of months as we're kind of storming, forming, and really iterating quickly, and then giving the team the empowerment to move forward. So I think as we think about it cyclically, right, it does happen for a period of time and then you step back from it to avoid what Tamara hit on too, which is the the burnout piece of it, but also to what you're hitting on, the micromanagement. We want to move out of that and then empower the leaders that have been in there to carry that forward. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Question yeah. that I have is as our listening through this, how do you avoid the now we're going too fast, so we're being so we're not being potentially thoughtful around the decisions and the corners that might be coming up. Cause I'm dealing with the, some situations where um, people want to move very quickly. Right. But then there might be opportunities to actually slow down a little bit, which will speed you up in the long term. Yeah. I'm still struggling. It sounds like micromanagement to me. I don't, I don't know, you know, and, you know, the, and, you know, Kelly, I, I, th I threw you a link to, I had to this week that I've had to use several times this, this week. It's, a, you know, it was more about managing outcomes instead of outputs, which, I, which, which really kind of helped me get some clarity on a few things. Cause like the things I try to do with my teams is really from like a, uh, a higher level is just like say no to a thousand things so you can focus on the the, the few things you want to say yes on and that that's sort of the pacing that I'm, I, I I so maybe I'm maybe I'm missing the point or or the concept of it I, I don't know I still you know I try to you know I kicked off a new project a couple of weeks ago and I basically just gave them some high level parameters high level use cases and gave them some some constraints and then it was just like just go and you know just let me know where you need me to block and tackle for you so is that kind of where you're getting at or I, I guess i'm just i'm missing it yeah and i think it's a blend and again I, I think you know i i've used an example of what i've seen you know in development and again you know happy to 
talk through other examples from a leadership perspective, you know, often, you know, there's, there's a, you know, it's a, it's a bit of, of joining the working group and not from a, I need to come in here and check on what you're doing, but more, how are we all just working together from, you know, it's not about, uh, I'm a leader at this level. I'm actually contributing to the team. And most of the time when I see this being the most successful is when it is very new technology, new concepts, new consumer experience that we have a moment in time that we all kind of dig in and there's an excitement around what is this thing, how we're going to use it, how are we ideating it, and how are we going to stand this up and then being able to kind of step back. So I think it's important, you know, again, to use these things sparingly and in the right way, but also be very flexible and and watch, I think, what, what you both are hitting on, which is, you know, Mark hit on as well. It's really important to balance that this can be very risky. And Tamara hit on this early, right? This can be something where it can very quickly go into micromanagement. It can very quickly go into you know, burning your team out. And I think, you know, Artie, your, to your question, I think that's a that's a really important one, which is we can't be so focused on results that we move at a pace such that we miss really, really important cues or we're missing, you know, potentially really important inputs. And I think, you know, from from this week when I set this event, I found a a quote that I just loved that that resonates with that, which was go fast enough to get there, but go slow enough to see. Because sometimes if we move so quickly towards results, we may miss a lot of really important information along the way. And that's something that I think, you know, even as we talk about leaders implementing or leveraging a style like pace setting, that those are where we, I think, can be the most impactful, which is we might set a tone to say, we're going to move very quickly. We're going to drive towards results. We're going to bring a team together that, you know, maybe across multiple different leaders to make something really great happen and to learn something new. But we as leaders also need to be able to slow the pace when needed to say, what are we learning along the way? Checking in to see how people are doing both, you know, you know, just from a culture perspective and well-being, but also what are we learning from how we are working, what's going on, what's happening from a culture or a development perspective. And that's, again, back to the walking that line of it. What is our role as a leader? And it's not just to go in and do everybody else's job or tell them how to do their job. It's about us contributing in ways of, you know, driving results, demonstrating what that can look like, and then supporting from removing barriers and or helping teams learn and see in those moments of, you know, dramatic, you know, change or dramatic pace, et cetera. So in uh, the world of accounting and finance, uh, this actually gets comes up quite a bit because in, on a monthly or quarterly basis, there will be an accounting close or the equivalent, and there will be those those stretches of time where there is a lot of fast-paced urgency, got to get this stuff done, what do we need to have happen, la la. And one of the things that I have, have learned, and I think a lot of the more successful folks in that space have learned, is that yes, there is a little bit of a push to, to rapidly get things done during that period of time. But more importantly, as soon as that's done, to actively show that we're pulling back and that we're removing that urgency and we're getting back to normal and we can be more strategic. So it's it's almost like it, knowing that it's happening and then knowing and, and communicating and that we're not doing that anymore. You hit it, you hit it right on the head there, Chad. It, you know, and again, just so everyone knows, Kelly and I uh, have to have are very, very intrigued by this topic. So we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We thought it was a great topic to bring forward, but I think you hit it. It's when you gotta get 
get across the finish line very, very quickly. And it's not anything that's a sustainable leadership style. This is when you have to move the needle and you have to move it fast. And it, it absolutely does probably include a lot of micromanagement, but it's for a, a very short spurt of time, very sparingly uh, to get the team across the line. And, and again, in, in this particular uh, leadership approach, Again, the leader is is expecting that they have a team that's competent, capable. They're not in there telling them and giving them feedback every day. All they want are updates. You know, where are you at on it? You know, when is it going to be here in three, you know, whatever it is we're working on? Are your financials going to be done in three days or whatever? They're, they just want to make sure that everybody's staying on task, but they're not really, uh, from my understanding, leaders not, are not in there like, every day telling them what to do. They don't do that at all. They just set the pace, like this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. And we'll go over as we continue in this conversation a little bit more about um, how how to do it effectively. One question that I have is, how does this relate to work ethic? Because when I'm hearing some of this, I internally start to feel of, well, Am I setting a tone for this is what the work with like which worth ethic should be right as we're trying to deliver things versus what I think I'm hearing is how do we how do we deliver on a short timeline because of you know something might be launching and or uh, to what was just described to by Chad of hey we have end of year so we've got to you know we've got to deliver something on a very fixed timeline. Um, so that's what I'm struggling with now is how does this relate to just perceptions or people's association to, well, is this my work ethic that you're trying to adjust? Um, so I, I think it's a good question. And uh, I, again, I think maybe just to maybe somehow um, we just have to kind of sort through this and talk through this. But. But again, I think it's really, it is to deliver on a short timeline is what my understanding of this is, is to deliver on a short, this is not building culture. This is not about, this is how we do things here, guys. This is about some sense of urgency where the leader has to set the pace to accomplish a very short timeline would be a very good way to articulate that. Um, not something to be sustainable. And again, from from the perspective of how do you do it successfully, a lot of that ha is going to have to do with how the leader articulates what's happening, why we're doing this, what we need to do to accomplish it, what I expect from you. A lot of it's going to be in being clear in what, what the leader is expecting of the team. And again, going back to the leader believes or, or is... Uh, is um, certain that they have a team that's very competent and capable to make sure that that happens. And in some of that downtime, when you get through the, say, monthly close or whatever it is, that's the time when you do your postmortems with your team and you, you say, what can we do differently to be more effective and be more strategic and have it be an easier process so that when we do hit that busy spurt again, it's less painful. Yeah, and maybe even celebration with part of the postmortem, you know, is is again that I think it's real important for the the space, like just the downtime, let the team fall back into the 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 normal pace of the department or of the of the group that you're working with, and then also really just acknowledging and celebrating the success because the team really stepped up and made it happen. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think again, I I think it is you know, and again, that's why it's an interesting topic for today because you know, again, I I kind of spent some time not not fully you know super in depth aware of learning about what this actually is because I hadn't known a lot about it previously. I think it is really important, you know, even to your question, Artie, that this can't be continuous and it can't be grounded in, you know, and Tamara said, right, this is not about culture. This is not about everyone needs to run at this pace continuously because that's unrealistic, right? And when we think about, you know, the disadvantages of, of this leadership style, you know, it often is things that won't be shocking, right? Employees are overwhelmed or stressed out or they they feel like they can't trust their leader because maybe there's unrealistic demands or expectations or, you know, the idea that they're not, you know, as Tamara even hit on, like, they're not getting feedback. So it's it's important to use this sparingly. And I think you can use it in a way, not only as I was kind of describing where I've where I've seen it successfully leverage is it's a new project. There's a lot of excitement. A lot of people want to be involved in it. So we're pulling different teams to be able to contribute to something that's new and move really fast and drive really rapid results. Um, I think that's also a way for you to to leverage this in a way to also you know, make sure that you're also giving to some of the teams that maybe are asking for an additional challenge or they're wanting to grow in a specific area or you're putting them on a new project or, you know, some kind of a really challenging project for a period of time that might be quite demanding, but it's a growth opportunity for them as well. So I think we as leaders have the obligation to think through it from from all of these lenses. It's, it's business results, but how can it also be a positive deposit, you know, into our team to help them feel like we're also investing and giving them new opportunities to stretch in in new ways. Can I can I maybe parrot this back um, with an example to just to make sure I'm understanding it correctly? And and so you know let's just say you know company X, uh, you know the CEO says, hey, we need to get you know with with all of the things going on in the world, it's it's a great opportunity to pivot the resources of our company, uh, which is in like let's just say for the sake of things, um, pharmaceuticals, right? It's a great opportunity for us to pivot into something like space, right? Uh, like something completely orthogonal to what we're doing. But, you know, we've got a lot of the building blocks, uh, you know, for, I don't know, for, for, again, for pharmaceuticals that can potentially transition. Leader X, go ahead and and figure out a business plan for all of this. So it may be, is it maybe taking, you know, the things that we do well, the processes that we have, and then taking that elite squad, or, you know, I like to think of it sometimes as the, the ninja squad, right, of elite individuals that can help ideate, help establish some, some things. The leader is kind of triaging in many ways how to get into this new space, like starting a new business, quite frankly, right? And uh, come on, coming up with a performa, coming up with, you know, here's a five-year plan for all of this stuff. And then leveraging the team to kind of figure out those high level details before you start to pull back and, you know, get the approvals and then you start to pull back. Okay. Now let's, now let's implement this like we normally would. Am, am I parroting that back? That's I think so. I okay. think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, a startup is a great example. And what you articulated to me did make sense just as long as it's something very short term. Again, this is something that would be like a very small repertoire you know, in your tool belt of leadership. But I think what you articulated was right on. Yeah, I, I mean, short term is, is is very relative, right? Because if it's a if it's a new area in, that's, you know, slightly, we're building, I mean, in using in our area, we're building a new attraction, right? Okay, great. There's a little bit of triage there, but building a new business, you know, that might be a three month to six month short term 
thing to get the vision correct before you begin the execution. And yeah, you're not going to, you know, be running at full speed the entire six months. It'll it'll start to slow down before you get your approvals and transition. But it might be different than, you know, uh, starting up a new um, a, a new drug or something like that in that pharmaceutical example where you've got already some things that are a little bit more known and that startup cycle might be maybe four weeks instead. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I would just ask all of you as leaders just to think about a time when there was something you just had to get across the line. There was a result you had to get that you had to meet a timeline and how you might have actually used this pace setting approach, you know, to really get that get that result you needed quickly. I, I really yeah. enjoyed Mark's um, use case with that because that more resonates with me on potentially how I might be able to use this of taking something that is unknown and trying to put, make it more known, right. And trying to get a squad that can go tackle this unknown of, okay, can you make a little bit of sense out of the chaos that's out there? Cause where my mind was also going was, well, if it's not at the front of it, if it's at the tail end, then I, my mental state is, well, are we trying to do a dive and catch? Because we, we have to hit this date, we have to hit this, right? So it's the the adage of all hands on deck, do it, do whatever it's gonna take to try to deliver this thing. And I and for myself, I feel that that will set the wrong tone for, you know what I mean, trying to set a pace to deliver something versus what I think what Mark was saying is set a pace that says, How do we quickly learn so we can adapt and adjust? for something that is unknown as it's getting more clarity against. You know, that, the interesting thing that I keep coming back to for me is this the burnout thing and everything going on in the world with great resignation or reconsideration or reevaluation or whatever we call it, right? Like if you're like on the firing line to do like, you know, figure out a COVID vaccine, I can certainly see like, yeah, like burn the team, do what you got to do to get there. You know, so it's worldly important. But, you know, again, I always lens back and I mentioned this before to like, you know, lots of the stuff we work on is like you build a website or, you you know, you're building a piece of software. Like really at the end of the day, I care more about people's mental health with a lot of that than, you know, we want to do a, a good job. But, wow, I, I don't know. I, I got to tell you, this one, this one for me, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know what? I'd rather talk about I'd, I'd rather talk about Batman <laughs> or, you know. Well, I think what you're hitting on is really important, Mako. And again, I think that's when we talk about this, because it is it is. A, it, it can be a controversial leadership style. And again, it's really important that we understand what it, what it's grounded in, why it's important, and then when to use it and when not to. And I think what you even just hit on is really important. Like the way that I think about the way that I would leverage, you know, pace setting is sometimes there's, you know, situations that you just, everybody has to, you know, deal with a, a crisis. And hopefully those are few, but, you know, as we think about kind of, you know, calling all hands on deck and dealing with, you know, un unexpected, unplanned situations. That's kind of one one section that I'll set aside for a moment. I think when you can use pace setting and the examples that I've kind of been giving, the way that I think about it, I think about it more from a point of leveraging it as a style when you're trying to use it to both motivate and inspire. So instead of you have to go and deliver this website or you have to go and deliver this project, it's more we want to do something that has never really been done before and maybe in a large company might have a lot of barriers. Is it possible? Could we maybe stand up something that seems almost unrealistic 
and do it from a place of, can we try this and inspire an excitement of doing something that may seem somewhat impossible and then what you learn along the way. And so I'll, I'll even give an example that I, you know, I think it was a year or two ago, maybe it was last year, the time is a blur, but it was, you know, a brand new technology that we were really excited to try, but we knew we had to kind of prove it out to really sell it into the company as something that we should be investing in long-term. And we pulled a lot of teams who were excited about, you know, playing in the space and getting smarter. And the amount of energy that came out of asking this team to see what they could do even in three months with this new technology, if the leadership team removed any barriers that came along the way, what could they do? And it was an amazing deposit into the team for each one of them learning something new, growing into a new space, meeting new people and coming together to do something that would have probably felt very impossible on paper, but it wasn't from a place of I'm telling you to go and deliver this thing in three months. It's more, I'm empowering, creating the space and exciting you to go and try something new. And I'm gonna be there along the way to help remove the barriers and help to continue to motivate and support when something's not working so that they have the air cover. And just, this is a kind of clarify to you from my own mind with, because we talk about all hands on deck and pace setting, but to me, all hands on deck is, do what it takes to launch something. And so you don't also don't have a budgetary constraint, for example. It might mean that you source from other teams that end up billing back to you later on or whatnot, even internally or not. It's just about everybody's focused on one thing. Whereas pace setting isn't necessarily about don't worry about the cost or let's bring a lot more people in. It's really about focused on you have a set amount. Is it, and I'm asking, is it correct? This is about a set amount of team members that you're focusing on a specific topic. I, I don't know the short answer, um, but I think it's a good question, Darius, because I, I could actually see it going both ways, right? And I think what you're hitting on is really important to what I think Mako's, Mako's kind of concerns with this style being that, you know, if, if you're going to set a tone or set a pace or, you know, set a deadline, it's important that in order to do, to leverage a style like this successfully, it has to come with the right support. And that means resources, that means budget. That means we're not setting our team up for failure or for burnout by asking them to do things that seem unreasonable and then micromanage them along the way. Like those are all the negative sides of pace setting. And yeah. I think it's, it's if we can do it in a way that again is more about, um, we're going through a moment in time to, and again, I like to use it more in this realm of, we're doing something new that feels really relatively unproven. There's a lot of risk because we don't even know if it's gonna work but let's go try something and let's just do it really quickly so we can get smart, but do it from a place of empowerment, but providing those resources and air cover along the way versus the negative side of go do the impossible and good luck to you if you don't get there. Right. You and know, I, think, I, I think that was a key, key thing just to understand though, because I think, as you know very well, like we all were in a startup environment, you may have VC funding or things that are pushed in this. You don't necessarily, you, you have a different, maybe it, it's that, capital or dollar constraint, just trying to understand, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's more just understanding how much this is, does this include getting the, this pay setting include getting those resources you need, or is it really about optimizing with the resources you have? That That's what I'm still struggling with on this. Well, and I think, I think like this, to me, I, I, I'm trying to break it into like two parts. Cause like, I totally get the, Hey, we want to try something new. Here's a small team of experts to go do something like out in left field. 
but we expect results in three weeks. Like the, the, I get, I guess like the last part of that is the part that I I'm struggling with because sometimes it takes a little longer, sometimes it's a little shorter. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just feels like the the time component. I mean, obviously you want to constrain it so it's not you know six months, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, and again, I think, I think like, you like, use it. You use it, you know, in two ways. I think Mako. Apologies, Chad. I'll I'll, I'll jump back to you in a, in a moment. Which is sometimes that that date, sometimes an arbitrary, sometimes a real date, can be again a really powerful motivator. But again, we as leaders have to be very careful with that because there's a. It can very quickly go into the realm of unrealistic. But if it can more be a catalyst or a motivator, that is a different lens, right? So I might say. We have a new a new technology we want to try for a product, and guess what? There's an event that's happening, or there's something that's going on in the company or externally, and wouldn't it be great to use that as a time that we can actually help, like we can tap into that, and we can then launch on that date. If we miss the date, it's fine. Nothing's going, no, no, there's no risk in that really, but it can be a motivator to hit, to go towards a target, and we as leaders need to be cautious of also being careful if we don't miss that date, to be completely supportive of moving forward and not having the risk of our team losing trust in us because they are fearful of missing that date. I think that's, again, a really, really important part of leadership holistically, but definitely within within this topic. Chad, apologies. No worries, no worries, and I agree. Um, I, I, I would just double down maybe like in this sort of like like way. So like imagine if like in, in, in IT infrastructure, right? Let's say that, that that there's a hack that hits our, our company's network. That's something that's going to require a lot of urgency on a lot of folks in a very short-term period of time to, to make that be better. Now, in the short term, that, that's going to be not the greatest thing in the world. But hopefully, the leaders involved have already built that trust with the team and, and know they have their back and are going to give them the space to, to, to do what they got to do to complete the, the the patching of the hack, as it were, such that then we can go back to normal and, and, and be in a good place. Well said. Well said. I agree. I had a question. So uh, I agree on what Artie said uh, before about making the unknowns knowns. And then uh, I think Darius had on um, what do we do? Is it is it just making use of the resources we have? And then I remember Miko asked, uh, I mentioned about the timeline. I had a scenario where all these three things were tied together and it was a project for two team members of my team. And then what happened was it took longer and the two team members, one of them had a dominant personality and the other one was exact opposite. Well, not opposite, he was more collaborative. But what happened was only one of them ended working on it and as a result the the timeline that we had set up we didn't team we, like the team didn't meet that timeline because only one person was working on it and he kind of took over and uh, so does it i know it's not about culture but then is it about the resource we have and their personalities or when we set the pace for the team do we consider that or if you set the timeline should we how how do we how should we think about this? Well, I think it depends on the situation. I mean, it really is going to be 
you know, based upon what's going on, because when it comes to resources, you know, a leader may not be able to access resources quickly. So it just depends on the situation. But let me throw a little bit more in those conversations. So how would you be effect? How could you be effective if you were going to apply a setting leadership? Number one would be you have to avoid ambiguity. You got to make sure that the, that the high quality expectations and standards that you're setting are clearly defined if you want the team to meet the requirements. That's the first thing. You got to be real clear about what you want. You got to begin the project or whatever you're trying to accomplish by making sure all the requirements are clearly understood by all the team members before beginning to assign tasks. Display trust to the team by allowing them to provide input and giving them a little bit of space they need to complete their jobs in a way that works best for them. You know, so versus that micromanagement, you got to give them a little bit more space and let them do it the way that they feel they can accomplish it and lead by example. So they should never see the leader failing as a trendsetter that they've portrayed themselves to be. And then providing regular feedback so that the team members can clearly understand how they're performing or how they can improve. So those are a couple of that's a little a, a short list of how a, a pace setting leader can assure success in this real short timeline of really pushing the team. Thank you. That, that makes sense. So on the flip side, I'll just go ahead and, you know, so we talked a little bit about it, but, but we've just to enhance the, the really the disadvantages, what's the, what's the, the, the flip side of all this is that your team members can become stressed and unmotivated. That burnout can really hit. They are oftentimes not receiving feedback from pace setters. And there are there are uh, team members who really value feedback. They want guidance. That's that's something that helps them to feel motivated and not feel overwhelmed. And staff can feel insufficient if the leader comes in and says, I got to take over because I got to get this across. They just push them aside and take over because that's what pace setting can. That that's something that can result in pace setting. Uh, and the work becomes repetitive and boring. So if you go on too long, it starts to feel repetitive and boring because the creativity and innovation falls away to the wayside. And then there's also a, a loss of trust because some of your staff might start to feel insufficient and they, uh, they don't feel valued. They feel like they're not able to perform at the level of what the leader's expectations are. And that results in ultimately low uh, employment engagement, that loss of the team spirit. The team doesn't feel like a team anymore. Yeah, I think that, and I'll just add, I think really, really great, um, you know, points and kind of information shared, Tamara. And I think it's, you know, number one is is being aware of this as we think about leadership styles, because as with anything, especially in leadership, you know, we operate in areas of gray. So it's not, I'm 100% a pace setter, you know, or I'm a different leadership style. I think it's, it's you use components of each one of the different leadership styles that come up. Um, and in the resource recap, I'll, I'll, I'll share the, the last time we talked about leadership styles um, for reference as well. But I think it's about using components in ways that, you know, align with, with you, who you are as a leader, what you value and supporting your team. And I think a lot of what, what we've discussed here, and as we're all learning and we're kind of navigating what this actually means, there's components that we can use that can be quite successful. Um, but also, I think it's still really good, a great moment of, of thinking about, you know, all the things that, that Tamara was just saying even about like the risks with this is, you know, taking moments to make sure that we are 
we are giving feedback to our team. You know, Chad even talked about the idea of postmortems, right? When you're doing that from a project perspective, these are also good reminders to talk to your team individually about how they are doing, how they are performing, what excites them, what doesn't. And I think we know that in many conversations here, you know, it is not a one size fits all and not every one of our team members is going to operate the way that we do or be motivated by the same things we are and vice versa. They're not and their peers not going to be motivated or or work in the same way. So the more that we can take time to understand the individual needs of our team members, there might be some that really resonate with a fast pace and they they want to be gravitating more towards the examples I was talking about and being the new things and and having a break. but going right back into some other kind of rapid development or new exploratory area that is far more demanding where some other team members may not thrive in those environments. And we have, as leaders, we, we owe it to each one of them to understand what's motivating them, what's working for them. And equally, we may find ourselves in a situation where we are working for a pace setter um, as a leadership style or a moment in time when it is pace setting that is being uh, applied. And how are we navigating that as leaders and therefore then extending, protecting, um, uh, working with our team in those environments, because it is a very much a trickle down. So there's a lot of us both looking at our teams and then looking up above and ensuring that we are assessing what's happening around us, maybe from our own direct leaders. And I just want to, because I know that it's, we're all kind of trying to learn about this, including Kelly and I, but, um, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, there's, there's, like I say, there's lots of different styles that we're going to apply in our leadership every day. And there's a lot of great advantages to pace setting. If you do it right, right, you can, you can really achieve those goals quickly, you know, and you also can really highlight a very competent and highly skilled an experienced team, the team you have, you can really highlight that and, and, and give them visibility in terms of what they're able to accomplish. And you also in pace setting are able to quickly, um, you know, address issues for the, for the team and, and get rid of them, get them out of the way essentially so that they can be successful. So it can be very, as you said, Kel, very inspirational, very motivating. People can really feel like, you know, they can achieve anything. It's really about how the leader sets, sets it all up from the very, very beginning, because it really can be very, very effective if you do it right. Well, yeah, the, the interesting one about like about today's conversation, and thank you for set, setting this one up. Like I found this to be more one of the more engaging ones that we've done. Again, like, so I know you, you know, you guys are evolving this series. Like, cause to me, like this is not a leadership style I would ever use, but it's been fascinating listening to the different opinions. I mean, I think that's the, the most important part of it, right? It's like really like the, it's just really interesting. So thank you. Agreed. I'll, I'll, you know, I echo everything Mako just said. I, I will just add that, that, that I happen to have had to deal with this a lot in my life. <laughs> like, like there was a time for like 10 years, I was working at Six Flags Magic Mountain where we would put on a parade every night and it was go time. Right. And, and we had to make sure that things were happening. And this style of leadership was, was required, unfortunately. That said, one of the things I learned early on was keeping the, the trust and positivity and, and keeping folks where they really felt like they were part of something and not, not yelling at people, but, but helping them grow and, 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 and letting them feel like they're being a part of something was, was tremendously, tremendously effective in these high stress, high pace environments. So there you go. Yeah, I would add uh, on to that is um, 
thank you for bringing this forward because it helps for me to either identify what I might be doing and why, or people that I'm working with are identifying. And then to be able to have a deeper conversation to them of why are we doing this? And like, for how long are we going to do this? And what is the impact of the team if we continue to do this? So thank you for pulling this forward because I think I've seen this before. I didn't know how to quantify it um, into something, into a common language that can be talked about. Yeah, and it'll also, it's also great because, you know, you may find yourself in a situation where you see someone else doing case setting. And, you know, maybe they, if, even if they get tripped up, maybe it's something you can, you can, you know, give them some input on. But, and I also kind of associate this oftentimes with the military. I think there's a lot of pace setting that happens in military leadership, if you can kind of associate it with that. But um, this has been a very um, invigorating conversation for me as well. And I appreciate everybody's input. Yeah, this was great. And if we can have a part two of this later on, it will be great. I'm I'm sure there's 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 so many experiences related to this very topic. Thanks for that, uh, Amrita. I just want to point out to everyone that this is one of six leadership styles based on Daniel Goleman's six leadership styles. And this one we picked is one of the harder ones, but uh, we've been talking about bringing back a couple of the other ones. Like there's one called commanding. I don't know whether you guys are familiar with commanding, but that's another one we thought about bringing forward. But it's really great to hear that this was really beneficial to everybody. Yeah, I just want to add that too. This is a fantastic discussion today. Really great. Right. Okay. Well, let's see. Any other last minute thoughts before we get to wrap, begin to wrap up this uh, conversation here? The only thing that I'll add in and, and thank you everyone. I appreciate it. I'm glad to hear that this was, this resonated. And, and again, I, I, I love having conversations where this is about learning ultimately, and it's about navigating, um, you know, some of these different topics that might be might be new or we've seen used in, in ways that don't align with our values. So this is a good one, I think, to kind of have debated that a little bit and to understand it more. Um, so so great to hear that. And I, I would just, you know, second a little bit of already what, what you really hit on, which is, I think, with anything that we're doing as leaders and what, what any style we are embodying or leveraging is always come back to why. Why are we doing it? What is the goal? What is the expected outcome? And really, what is the the what is yes. the the next step as far as pacing? How long is that going to happen? But I think if we can always come back to why, why mm-hmm. am I enacting this type of leadership style in a moment? I think is really really powerful, no matter what it is. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I had a quick question before we leave. Is there a self assessment? I think you mentioned. Uh, I mean, the, there was really a lot that was shared. Uh, in this session, and I would love to uh, listen to the replay. Is there, and I don't know, is there a self-assessment that, or a checklist of things that we should often do, um, you know, on a regular basis, just to see if we're, if we are succeeding in doing this over and over again, whenever, obviously, it's required. I think you're asking for the instruction manual for leadership, and I don't. I haven't been able to find it yet. <laughs> However, <laughs> saying that, there's a lot of uh, a lot of different. Um, I, I, I got it on eBay for forty nine ninety five. Buy one for all of us. We'll, we'll we'll pay twice that amount for it. 
Um, but there's a lot of different um, uh, scoring of, of your leadership style, Very di- a lot of different styles out there, Myers-Briggs, et cetera, no. um, that we... Mm. Yes. Amrita, did you say Yes, that? yeah, sorry. I, I was just saying, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, Kelly and I will put a couple of links into uh, the recap so that you can look at those. Um, but I think it's just about being open, continuing to learn. And like I said, I would ki- kind of guide you also to Daniel Goleman's six leadership styles, kind of look at that. There's, you know, he does the EQ stuff uh, to, to, you know, learn a little bit more about these different styles. And uh, again, it comes back to just the fact that you're even thinking about it and that you're becoming very aware and, and really, really trying to dive into, you know, what these different styles are and when you might a- apply them is just, that's a really great first step. And then yeah, and I get your say, copy from Mako. Or Mako yeah, Mako will get you the, the eBay version, but we'll include all of that. And I will say, I'll share the, the link back to the, the leadership styles conversation. And we'll go into this. This was, this was a great one. We'll go into different leadership styles because the reality is there are pros and cons of every single leadership style. So there are some that I think are higher risk and have maybe potentially more detrimental um, outcomes if used incorrectly in or, or uh, with not a, a lot of awareness of the impact of others. But every leadership style is going to have a pro and con. So you know, we can spend more time going into the different ones that maybe can be more controversial at times, but also you know, spend time on all of the different leadership styles since that's mm-hmm. very much what we're here to do. But with that, I'll pass it back over to Tamara to wrap us up. Okay, and I just have to apologize to to Mako because I work with a doctor named Dr. Mako, so I I, I sometimes will say your name wrong, so I apologize for that front. Um, all right, so um, the let's go ahead and close out the session with just a really quick quote. I, quote, and I just want to I want to go back to what Kelly said because I think it was a great one, Kelly. But I want to say here's an, here's one quote to consider. I want to inspire people. I want someone to look at me and say, because of you, I didn't give up. And I think that's pretty powerful because when we as leaders can inspire our team and we can see them grow and we can support and, and, and build them up, I think it's incredibly powerful. So Kelly, back to yours, go fast. What'd you say? Go fast enough to, to get there and go and slow enough to see. Yes. Jimmy Love Buffett, it. by the way, everyone, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Good old Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Well, Thanks, great, everyone. you guys. Thanks again for taking time out of your weekend and investing in yourself and everyone in this room. We hope you'll come back again next Saturday from 930 to 1030. Look for our recaps on LinkedIn and Substack. Have a great, fantastic weekend. Have a great weekend, Thank everyone. Thank Thanks, you. everybody. You guys, too. Thank you.